All right, folks, this show is sponsored by Anchor. A while back, we switched over to Anchor as our hosting platform for Panel to Panel. And to be honest, it's actually been one of the best experiences we've had when it comes to hosting our podcast. A lot of people think making a podcast is super difficult, but Anchor actually allows you to record and edit your podcast all on your phone if that's what you want to do. Anchor even helps you get your podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and other places like that. That way you can get your podcast to a wide audience of different people. And the best part about it, it's totally free. So go ahead, check out Anchor.fm, or download the Anchor app on your phone or through the App Store or the Google Play Store and check it out today. Now let's turn the page and get to this week's episode of Panel to Panel. good people of the internet it's time for on comics grounds.com's flagship podcast panel to panel where a bunch of folks shoot the breeze and talk about comic books and such we are back once again once again we're here to talk about all the good things and nerdy news and comic book awesomeness that are is existing in the sphere of influence that we are in excuse me um ale burp uh ahoy um (laughs) anyway um don't forget that you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, YouTube, finally on Pandora. And yes, Mary, I will start a fight with, with Pandora if I want to, because I started the fight with uh, them, them on Blurred Grounds, and I'll do it here if I want to. It took y'all just, months. Just but... don't just don't token me this time. I swear to God. <laughs> Travis, this is your fault. Nope, that was from the horse's mouth. No, nah, man, no, nah, no, nah. no, because I even spoke truth, man. You would kill me for like, like, like if, if I if I ever like like said bad shit about, like, about, in regards to that topic. So I was correct in what I said. Anyway, um, look at that. You can you can follow this podcast on Twitter at ptp underscore podcast. You can um follow uh, follow the website on Twitter at on comics ground and on Instagram at on comics ground and you can follow the website on comicsground.com put some hyphens between those words for me every uh weekday we put out new content like solicitations previews re- uh, reviews all kinds of good shit for you folks so make sure you check all of that out now to my left we have the woman who d- uh uh, just threw shade at me for something that I didn't do, but it's okay because she's just joking and she's eating a peanut butter sandwich. How are you doing today, Mary? I'm ready just to get this fucking book over with. <laughs> uh, I am just ready to get this over with. I mean, at, at least the next book we roast isn't going to be as bad as this. Like, it's pretty bad, but it ain't as bad as this. Um, and to my right, we have Afro Baggins himself, the man who is still disgusted by reading this book for the first time, and is just getting more and more as he has to reread it to refresh his memory. We have Travis Tucker. How you doing today? Um, I mean, I'm doing all right. I I started a fasting diet and I lost four pounds. That was pretty cool. Um, what I don't like is 
Robin Hood ass Robin. Hey, leave it be. It was a cute costume. All right, folks. So we, we're, 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 uh, we, this will be part two of our all-star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder roast. But before we dive in, we are going to cover a few topics that we have uh, been seeing in the news headlines as we've gone through. We we have a one piece of Marvel news that's TV related, but is not comic related because other than X Men stuff, Marvel ain't really doing nothing. We really are feeling right now. In ter- well, like, like, so we will come back to Marvel in terms of comics at a later date. So, in terms of Marvel news, real quick, earlier this week, we got the announcement, if I can get uh, uh, this pulled up real quick. Um, we have the announcement that Tatiana uh, Maslany is going to be playing She-Hulk, uh, a.k.a. Jennifer Walters, in the She-Hulk Disney Plus series. Is it Disney Plus? Yes, it is. Disney Plus series. And from what Mary has told me, this is good. This is very good. This is very good. <laughs> Tatiana Maslany is one of those performers that is just so talented, she completely disappears into any character. And when you do, what, five seasons of a show about clones? Like, if, if you... Because I know a lot of people were really shitty that Alison Brie didn't get the part. I know next to nothing about Alison Brie. I'm sure she's very talented in what she does, but I find it difficult to find anyone who can confidently pull this role off better than Tatiana Maslany. Like I was telling James before the show, this is not a step up for Maslany. This is a damn good get for Marvel. Uh, I saw a lot of people wanted um, freaking what's-her-face from Star Wars to play Jennifer Walter. And I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, because in the, in the original casting, it, some leaked casting or somebody said that they were looking for a quote-unquote Alison Brie-type actress. So they just assumed because her name was thrown around that it might actually be casted as her? Yeah, that people were just kind of like, okay, well, if you want an Alison Brie-type actress, why don't you just cast Alison Brie? Fair enough. Well, from what I've seen, and, and like, and from what I've seen on Twitter, there's three different types of people. A, you hyped about this. B, you're a little discouraged, but you're still hyped about this. So the C group is the stupid, like, ho- like, like neckbeard dudes who keep like putting quote unquote She Hulk in their like tweets and acting as if She Hulk wasn't created by Stan Lee himself like ages ago. And I'm just sitting here in dismay, like, what is wrong with you people? Like, who who told you that She-Hulk is a brand new concept? Do, 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 do you understand this, Mary? Because I don't. It's just because they don't, they don't know anything about the source material itself. They don't know that She-Hulk's been around for decades. She-Hulk probably came to their house and ripped up their X-Men. Which, that's a reference to um, Sensational She-Hulk number one. Oh, yeah. She's standing there on the cover and she's holding an X-Men book and she says, like, because it was her second book, and she says, this is your second time to buy the book, and if you don't buy it, I'm going to come to your house and rip up all your X-Men. <laughs> so, so there is a hyper-nuanced reference for you. What is it, Josh? Deep cuts. Deep cuts, okay. Um, 
Like from what I like, I I've honestly never seen Orphan Black. I'm 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 a sinner for that, I guess. So I, I and I've never seen her in anything like other like ever. But from what I know <laughs> from Mary, what about I told you about five minutes ago? Yeah, from what Mary has told me five minutes ago, um, she, and like and from her acting credits that I've pulled up, she seems like to be competent. I have loved Jennifer Walters and everything I've ever read about her in the comics, so I don't mind watching the show. I'm still waiting for the Kamala Khan TV show announcement, because apparently they they were working on casting for both of these shows at the same time. So, I, I, I'm open to it. I'm hype, but, like, I, I, I'm indifferent. That's how I feel about this. Travis, do you, do, do you have opinions on this? Um, honestly, I don't know enough about She-Hulk to have really much stake. But what I don't agree with is the the toxicity that fandoms can definitely exude, and MCU fans are kind of bad. They're they're close to Star Wars, but not quite. And I, maybe they should back off and at least watch the. Yeah, that's uh, fair. Yeah, MCU fans are a little little special. <laughs> oh 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 goodness. We we've already cracked the bottle on. On come on coming at everybody at this point. What, what like I, we are hell? We even came at motherfuckers when we were doing our end game review. If you if like people want to like flip lids over like D, like and attack DC people over certain concepts and not being true to the comics when an MCU book of movies are not, nothing like the freaking comics. Like we've already we said on record that Civil War was trash. Like. I I think we've already made enemies, Mary. Let's be realistic here. I got raked over the coals for that. I'm still sitting there shaking my head. Were, were you raked over the coals for us saying on the podcast or for your tweets? For the tweets, because I I okay. just I made a thread about how I just didn't like the movie, and that made so many people angry. Well, I mean, I I, I said I said it on on uh like on record last time. I'll say it again. Like it, it's a bad movie. Like. Spider-Man and Black Panther are the only reasons to watch that movie. I'm sorry. Or unless you really want to see, like, like if you really want to be a part of the, the Steve and Bucky shippers, I don't, I, I, I ain't got nothing for you. I didn't, like, it wasn't terrible. I just didn't think it was all that good. I think I, I think I did actually refer to it as, like, a flaming garbage fire, but I, I'm a bit overdramatic at times, so... I mean, I'll definitely I mean, say it's better than Age of Ultron if you if you want that plus, but Age of Ultron was a garbage fire itself. So like, James, uh, James, two dogs fucking is better than Age of Ultron. That's that's, that's wild. It's what my dad used to say. I mean, she's not wrong. Like any, like granted, anything is better than a Joss Whedon movie. But what did I say that? Okay, but but anyway. Um, so that, that, there, there's, there's our opinions on the She-Hulk situation. We will wait and see what becomes of that. Now, in another edition of, on a different podcast, this joke exists, but we're going to do it anyway. In another, in another edition of James, hashtag James was right. Um, DC oh, Comics dis- decided, oh, just, did you say God damn it, Travis? <laughs> Um, in another edition of J- oh, Hashtag James Was Right, DC Comics decided to announce their new upcoming program called DC uh, Universe Infinite. 
which is them finally uh, like sticking the nail in the coffin of DC Universe trying to be a streaming service in terms of movies and TV, and they're just going to do comics. They're going to basically gut the, 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 the media, the, the TV, and the movies out of it and make it a comics book like Arkham, the way it should have been from the jump. And lo and behold, they announced it, and I was right. I knew this was going to happen, like, because everyone was starting to sweat bullets, like, oh, Harley Quinn and Titans and Doom Patrol are going to HBO Max. What's going to happen to DC Universe? Oh, are they going to get rid of the whole archive? No, because Marvel Unlimited exists, and they spent all that time uploading those books. There was a point where they were working on uploading the archive, and people were pissed that they weren't done. Frankly, me being one of them. Like, hell, they still haven't uploaded the Milestone books. So, yeah. They need to well, do something. Gonna, they're not putting the milestone books on DC Universe. They're putting them on Comixology. You actually have to buy them. They're never. You don't think they're, they're going to put them on uh, DC Universe at some point? And maybe at some point in the future. But I mean, why would you put it up for seven dollars a month when you could put them up for a dollar an issue? You know, if and that's they're going to do that on Comixology. Yeah. I mean, and that's if they don't put them up at full cover price true in which case i will be the winner because i have all of them in print god damn it i mean also i'll, I'll, I'll buy them all digitally because i because i want to read them all like without having to pirate them but like in general i do think at some point they're gonna put them on dc universe because they're they're quick as hell to do like a, during black history month and certain things they're like hey you black people you want to read milestone books right look at this new 52 static book that we canceled and it's so fucking stupid so, at some point, they're going to have to do it, whether they like it or not. And I called them out for that shit on, on Twitter. I was like, really? 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 The book you canceled within the first two months of its existence because a new editor came on board and ran all of the ideas into the ground. Good job. No one cares. I mean, but no, okay. almost, almost half of the new 52 got canceled in the first six months. Ain't that the truth? And it's just because it was it was um, uh, do, 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 flooded the market. I mean, you're launching 52 new titles roughly all at the same time. I remember going to uh, the comic book store uh, when I was in co when I was in college, and the new 52 was just launching. And I was talking with the guy behind the counter, and he's like, "Yeah, this is great. You know, we're getting a lot more pre-orders in, but at the same time, you know." people are sticking to certain books you know there's so much money being tossed around in the central books that nobody's buying you know nobody was buying shit like katana or the movement or static and so i mean a lot of books just got left by the wayside <laughs> and then i'm gonna have the existential crisis realizing i was in college when that happened this was awesome. <laughs> <Sounds> like <laughs> I am rapidly approaching 30, and I don't like it. Oh, my God. How far are you away? I'm 28. That's a oh, warrior. Yeah, I'm, be I'm, I'm, I'm the same difference. I feel it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, um, but other than, other than hashtag James was right, Mary, how do you feel about them transitioning to, uh, like, a full, just a full comic archive model? I mean, I called it before you did. <laughs> Lies! <laughs> No, I did. I told you, and you went, yeah, no, that's a really good idea. Like, mm, no, I called it before you did. Called the statement. 
but I knew as soon as uh, DC Universe launched that, you know, with as soon as they launched, I knew that it was going to be unsustainable because $7 for all of this allegedly, you know, all of this crap that they wanted to do. And when Swamp Thing folded, that was at least understandable because there was a reason for that. Like they, you know, Warner Brothers lost a hefty, lost a hefty chunk of change on Swamp Thing because there were um, tax issues. So, um... I figured that would have been the outlier, but as it kept going on and it's like, okay, you need to raise this to be sustainable, especially, especially since it was only available in the US. And I knew then and there that that was going to be the downfall. That was going to be what hindered it. Now, if they made DC Universe available worldwide, bing, bang, boom, it would have been fine. It would have probably been, you know, not I, I won't say on par with Disney Plus, but kind of in the same wheelhouse as Disney Plus, it would be very successful. But Warner Brothers seems allergic to anything outside of the US. I mean, not even Canada can catch a fucking break. But um they're making the comic archive available worldwide, you know, through stages, I think by the summer of next year. But I don't know if they're going to do any translating or if it's all just going to be in English, because that's that's a whole other bunch of bullshit on its own, because I have a lot of international friends that talk about not being able to get comics in English or not only being able to get comics in English. So um, with HBO Max, it's probably not doing great because they keep like lowering the uh, um, the subscription fee because they're doing another i saw that they were doing another subscription sale a little of you know maybe a week or so ago mm. so they're prob they don't have nearly as many subscriptions and somebody at warner brothers or hbo needs to get off their fucking ass and go suck roku's dick because it's not on roku and it's not on fire tv so what what good is that you know yeah because when um you know, when, when Victoria and I want to watch uh, anything on HBO Max, you know, we've got to we've got to turn the Xbox on. I mean, which it's not a super huge inconvenience for us, but for someone who relies primarily on Roku, then it's going to be a bit of a problem. Yeah. So well, you can you can screen mirror from your phone to uh, Roku. I do that shit all the time. But I mean, like the controller sits to my left. I mean. I think my biggest problem with, with HBO Max as a product is the fact that it is trying to do big things. Like, Lovecraft Country is probably the, one of the best things to come out of that fucking place. But they are trying to tell b black folks that they have to pay $20 a month to watch one show. And then you see them slowly sliding out movies and TV shows every it's, few weeks out of hbo max and it's like why it's like 12 dollars. oh i thought it was 20 something dollars because i saw well, 20 something dollars and was like what the hell i mean with i think the current special right now i think it's only like 12 dollars, and even then the base price is 15 okay i just like in general it just they, it, have, they, okay. they have they have some original content coming up around the corner I know Perry Mason did okay, but I think I'm not sure what's like specifically HBO Max and what's also on HBO. That's kind of where the lines blur a little bit. But I know uh, Perry Mason did very well. Um, 
but what I don't understand is that, you know, Disney Plus did this too, where you have these things that launch and you're like, oh, hey, we're going to have this original content coming in like two years. So just hang on till then. Like you need to launch with the original content. And admittedly, that is what DC Universe did very well with Titans because Titans is what got people in the door. Yep. <laughs> now, the big question is, is that will DC Universe lower the subscription fee for just the comic art? for just the comic book library. And I don't know if they will, because even right now, it's still cheaper than Marvel Unlimited. Yeah. But I th- they'll probably keep it around the seven, and they're shortening the, um, the wait from a year to six months. So that puts it on par with Marvel Unlimited, because with Marvel Unlimited, it's a six-month delay. And people get weird about the delays, and I don't know why because why would they put new releases up? Like, they have to... Because if they, if they put up their new releases, nobody would ever buy a fucking book. I'd pay $7 just, you know, to get everything for, you know... Exactly. So, I mean, there has to be a trade delay. Yeah, it's like the pe- like people I saw on Twitter when this dropped were like, why is it six, a six-month wait? It's like, why would... Yeah, because it's like... You would never see anybody go into a comic shop. You would never see anybody go into um, Comixology. It would just pay the $7 and read 20 bucks worth of books a week. That, no. No. I mean, the fact that, you know, that there are whole runs on DC Universe that previously I paid, you know, hundreds of dollars to get because they have a lot of Golden Age books on there, uh, Golden Age books on DC Universe. And I've probably spent two to three hundred dollars getting DC Golden Age Omnibuy. I mean, because with Wonder Woman, I have the uh, I have the hardcovers. And those books are 75 to 100 bucks a pop, I think. I think they're 75. So, I mean, I throw around money for Omnibuy, and, like, so this is a good deal. And those six months that you have to wait for, like, you know, the next arc of Batman, you've got, you know, 75, 80 plus years worth of books you can read, so you're gonna be fine. Travis, do you have any thoughts on this before we move on? Um, honestly, I just think it's kind of about time. (laughs) (laughs) That's like really all I got on it. You guys hit every other nail on the head for this because DC Universe is good, but it still doesn't have everything. Yeah. Also, fuck yes, they finally renewed Harley Quinn. Because yes. if, if you have not watched that, and I'm not I'm not the biggest Harley Quinn fan girl. I like Harley, but I'm not like a Harley fan. But oh my god, this is some of the best satire I have seen in years. like oh my god it's fucking hysterical and they actually uh patrick schumacher one of the uh showrunners slash eps for it uh did confirm that the one character they will never kill is bane and bane is probably my favorite character from the show (laughs) (laughs) like i I love bane so much nah man if it ain't king shark we ain't doing the business king shark is life um but nah, so, so yeah, Harley Quinn coming back is definitely a plus. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about the feud, the longevity of the DC shows being on HBO Max because you're trying to hook, line, and sinker people into buying HBO Max for those shows. But then if you keep fiddling around with the other products you have on HBO Max, they're gonna fall off real quick, and it's gonna be like freaking. 
um, HBO Now and everything else that where people would just cancel their subscription whenever a season would end. And that's going to be kind of grimy. The big thing is, is that streaming services have kind of transitioned into almost exclusively original content. So I think... I think people are kind of getting bored with the whole massive libraries things because I tried to find something to watch on Netflix earlier today and it's just a bunch of original content that I don't care about. And, you know, granted, that's just me personally. But, you know, we were talking about the boys before the show. Like, you know, we we have Prime Video so we can watch the boys, but, you know, we're not watching, you know, whatever movie from 10 years ago they have. Like, so it's a situational thing. And I think... HBO Max's problem is that they have a very large archive of, you know, just random things and things that HBO has done before. And I think some people have the misconception that HBO Max is banking on the comic book properties, and it really isn't. It's just kind of they pulled it in because why wouldn't you? Because um, Doom Patrol was very clearly the test run for this. And Doom Patrol did very well because Doom Patrol is one of the best um, uh, critically, you know, one of the um, the best reviewed, critically reviewed uh, comic book shows or comic book adaptations. And I'm not talking DC, Marvel. I'm talking like, you know, just comic shows in general, not superhero shit that, you know, it's just it is very well done. So, I mean, that kind of pulled in a little bit of everybody but I don't think it's meant to be the tentpole because people have the same misconceptions about Disney+. Plus. The MCU is not the tentpole of Disney+. Plus. It is a big feature, but it's not what they're banking on. Enough. You are if, very wise. If any of these MCU shows ever come out. Right? Like, it's not even their fault at this point. It's just the fucking no. plague. I, I keep seeing shots of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier on uh, Twitter, and I'm like, yes, please, God, yes. I mean, the only one I'll probably, like, actively watch is She-Hulk. I mean, I like Miss Marvel, and I'll probably do a few episodes of it, but I'm not um, a huge fan. Like, I don't dislike her. <sighs> there, see, unfortunately, there's really no good way to put that without coming across like an asshole. Speak on it. Well, no, I like Miss Marvel. I'm just not like ridiculously into Miss Marvel. So she just ain't for you. But it's not even that. Like, I'm not even disinterested. It's just like I like her, but I'm not going to go out of my way to, you know, pick up whatever book she's got going on right now. Unfor- unfortunately for me, I think she lost uh, some of the charm after G. Willow Wilson left the book. I think there was just something Wilson did with the character that endeared me more to her, but. That's just kind of the nature of comic books. Valid. Because I agree with that statement. Um, okay. Uh, the last thing we're going to speak on is DC, DC announced that they're doing a uh, event book in December called mm-hmm. Endless Winter. <laughs> and I... Kind of ironic considering climate change. Yeah. But um, I'm confused and concerned. First of all, Scott Snyder and DC are basically painting um, 
Metal 2 to be the universe resetter slash flashpoint crisis type of book. Event, whatever. You're not changing anything after this. The world's still stuck in this weird-ass New 52 DC Rebirth fucking Superman Reborn universe where, like, some stuff's in canon, some stuff's not in canon. You don't you don't have the, the patience or the time to pay somebody to fix your shit, so everything's just in canon or, like, some things are still in a different universe because people like the old universe, but there's, like, five people that give a fuck about the New 52, so you have to keep the New 52 around, like... We're still stuck in this mess, and no one has the time to fix it. And now we're going into this endless winter event where they're basically just copying Jason Aaron's notes from Avengers BC. And y'all, like, like people, like I, I don't think anyone's gonna argue with me on that because the whole pitch is like back in the olden, ye olden times when there was a villain called the King of Frost. A Justice League of Black Adam, Hippolyta, um, Swamp, who the, Swamp Thing and the Viking Prince. Sw- so yeah, Swamp King and the Viking Prince all worked together to kill this, like, like kill this villain, and it just screams the Avengers BC pitch with like less characters. And my <laughs> my first thought was, why didn't you call Shining Knight? Why Viking Prince? Like, there are other characters you could have assembled for this weird-ass event than, like, these four. I And on, and on top of that, I don't understand how this nine-issue crossover event can exist when you have books like Aquaman and Teen Titans that were canceled, but because of the event, you're throwing them back onto the, bl- the chopping block. And if you look at the solicitations for December... You can see, like, you can see that, um, freaking, what, uh, what, 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 you have Ron Mars and the other guy, um, what's his name, hold on, I can't find it, and I'm frustrated, can't find it, and I, where, where are my solicitation notes, hold on, do, 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 yeah, Andy Lanning and Ron Mars are apparently writing a Flash tie-in book, a Teen Titans tie-in book, a Superman tie-in book, an Aquaman Titan tie-in book, multiple Justice League tie-in books, and I'm just like, how? How are you all, all the two of you writing all of these books? Where did this come from? Is this like the new version of Convergence or something to hold everybody over until you reorganize your books? Because that's what it kind of feels like, is... DC doesn't really have any direction after this metal event because of them cutting their staff and Dio being gone. We don't know what the future holds for DC, and I'm super concerned. So um, I, I, I got something to add to that. On the, on top of that, go for it. It uh, it also kind of feels like they're they're trying to catch some glory on the coattails of Thor killing Galactus. Because right mm. now, like on the Marvel side, Asgard is huge like everyone kind of forgot about the x-men and is looking over at asgard at least in the circles of comicdom that that i'm into um so it really feels that dc is kind of kind of trying to cash in like oh we have a <clears throat> frost giant and a, and a viking prince you know what i mean and just kind of throwing it at the wall seeing if it sticks even if it doesn't it doesn't matter 
I think the only thing that irritates me is that Viking Prince is a Robert Kanger thing, and I detest all things Robert Kanger. Um, but no, Viking Prince, he's not a new character. He was, oh my god, um, let me see if I can think. I want to say Brave and the Bold number 155, 56, maybe? So, I mean, Viking Prince, he is a very old character. And I get what they're doing by trying to drag them out, drag um, drag out these specific characters is that, you know, they want to hit on the thousand year old thing. And, you know, the Frost King is probably a Jotun, which is like a Scandinavian frost giant, yep. you know, uh, low key. Haha, I'm Swedish. <laughs> well, my family is Swedish, but um, so he's probably a Jotun. But um, it makes sense that they would drag out Viking Prince for that. I don't remember the last time we saw him. I just remember um, reading about him a little bit when I was doing my big Silver Age read a few years ago. Don't do it. Do, <laughs> do, do not do it. The Silver Age is just a bloody effing nightmare. But no, um, <laughs> I want to say um, Viking Prince was um, created by Robert Kanger and maybe Joe Kubert. Okay. Don't don't quote me on that. But no, he's a very old character. And I don't think Travis is entirely incorrect with that, you know, how they want to try and pull some, you know, some shit with Thor. But uh, Marvel also doesn't own the IP to Norse mythology. Exactly. So, I mean, so I think that's fair. I mean, much in the same way that DC doesn't own the IP for Greek mythology, Marvel just tends to stay clear of it because of Wonder Woman. And, you know, DC has largely stayed away from Norse mythology because of Marvel. But, um, I mean, and it's, it's, I can only imagine the two companies are trading barbs because uh, King and Black is probably just a blatant ripoff of metal. So, I mean, they're just stuck in their constant cycle of just ripping each other off because I like Donny Cates, but I don't know what he could do in King and Black that Scott Snyder didn't do in Metal, you know? I just... Donny Cates, I love you. I love that you have this passion for Venom. I appreciate that you've given um, Flash Thompson some, the credit he deserves in your Venom run. But I swear to God, I'm so sick of symbiotes. I, I literally couldn't... I, I, I don't have the strength to give an actual crap anymore. Like, I want to. But, like, I'm just... Like, after Absolute Carnage, I was done. And now you're like, more! And I'm like, I, 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 I can't. I'll read it in trade when it's done, probably. Because I, I love me some Venom that doesn't involve Eddie Brock. But, like, I, I can't right now. I just can't. So, in terms of this Endless Winter event, I'm just really concerned for the state of the DCU. Mary, you know more about DC history than I do. What do you think is going to happen with the future of this joint? <laughs> I mean, this has been kind of an unprecedented editorial change. Because, I mean, you know, first of all, you had DiDio getting kicked out. And then you had this round of layoffs. And, like, well, not unfortunately, it's a damn good thing that some of these people got fired. Mm -hmm. But, you know... I think it's all a side effect of DC covering for people that have done horrendous things over the years. 
And I, as a certified lady person, am very uncomfortable about the fact that we have two uh, women who are co-EIC who, like, I feel like if Endless Winter doesn't do well, they're the ones that are going to get blamed. So, like, me as a lady... Me as a lady person is feeling kind of uncomfortable around about all of this, but I mean, I'm sure you know that is probably a side concern that I have. But I think most comic events are just kind of outrageously stupid these days, that there's really no point for any of them because, like, Empire was going to be this big game changing thing, and then you know nobody's talking about it any like nothing hugely climactic i don't think came out of empire other than the the, the kids finally getting married that's the only thing yeah and even then marvel can't like accurately you know nail down what age they are yeah but i mean i think both companies just want to try and like recapture the magic of events like you know, and granted, even as controversial as they were, events like Civil War or events like Final Crisis, like those were events that people are still talking about, you know, over a decade later. But I think the last honest to God event that I think DC actually got a lot of, like, not buzz, but like press about was Convergence just because Convergence was such a massive undertaking that, you know, by large in a way, I do think they pulled off. Like, I mean, those side books, I mean, we saw characters that, you know, haven't been written in decades and probably will never be written again. And so I think from a history standpoint, I think Convergence was kind of a love letter to the DC, to DC history. The central story didn't really make sense unless you were reading Earth 2, which I just happened to be at the time. But um, fun fact, Mary uh, bought every single issue of Convergence and all of the trades. You're a trooper, kid. Even the Telos trade? Uh Uh-huh. Damn, I got that for free. <laughs> I mean, like, I didn't pay full price. I was still working at the the, uh, the discount comic store, so I got things okay. I have. I got things discounted, but um, yeah. So now I have at least like an entire box is pretty much just convergence. Wow. I mean, like I said, the central story was okay. I mean, I, I even went variant hunting for a bunch of them. I never like events where they have to kind of, like, create this convenient villain for them. But, I mean, Talos was fine. I mean, the fact that they pulled the wizard from Warlord, I have issues with that. But I have issues with Warlord. Um <laughs> I have no actual problem with Warlord. Warlord was my dad's favorite comic book. And he had every single issue. And it was just like, sometimes when I wanted to read comic books when I was like six or seven, he would only let me read Warlord. And like, a six-year-old really shouldn't be reading that. But, so just like a massive dose of Warlord. And now that my dad's in the nursing home, it's all emotional and shit. And it's just, it's bullshit. But, But I don't think Endless Winter is going to be anything probably tremendously interesting i i do love it when we give hippolyta things to do because giving hippolyta things to do is some of my favorite but i mean it's going to be drowned in the oh my god they're just trying to do marvel because it's about norse mythology 
and you know it's a fair it like it's a fair hit but marvel doesn't own that ip to an entire folklore but i mean i'm also just salty because i am swedish and people think that the marvel comics are actual mythology and then when mm-hmm. people and then, and then when people find out my family is swedish i have to deal with a lot of really irritating questions like no, the, the whole transference of power with Mjolnir isn't, you know, a stupid hammer thing. It's that Mjolnir is so unbelievably powerful that Thor is the only person who has the strength to wield it. So, no. <laughs> anyway, sorry, I'm getting flashbacks here. No, you're good. Um, Travis, do you have any thoughts on this endless winter stuff? Uh, really nothing past what I had said before, because I don't know, man. It's it's hard for me to really conceptualize a, a huge universe-wide event with pretty much no build-up. It's just here. And so I'm like, ah! <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's very disingenuous shock. I think a lot of it's just Javins and Wells running around the Burbank office with fire extinguishers trying to put out 30-plus years of fires. So, with Asgardian mythos. Hopefully, everything doesn't ke- like keep being on fire. Hopefully, we can start getting into some good stuff with the future of DC. It's um, probably it's probably just it's probably just something to fill space while they figure something out. Yeah, because they just scrapped five and- G, and I'm I I bet you money. I will put money on the table right now that they will strip elements from five G, and we're probably going to see some kind of a universe reset. Or maybe I'm, maybe even a Marvel style reboot or relaunch, excuse me. I mean, there's the tease we got this past week of the DC future state, but all we have is like a weird graphic. We didn't get any news about it other than it's part of the generations event that's continuing forward. It's called Future State. I'm just trying to keep in context that Everybody who has had a hand in everything DC's done in maybe like the past 10, 15 years is gone. And we have two new people who have to single-handedly reshape the entire future of the DC universe. So I am trying to keep that in context, that there is a very real publication aspect to this. But... If it's a rocky launch, again, as a certified lady person, I am worried that it's just going to turn into a giant this is why women shouldn't be in comic books thing. Uh, yeah, let's not. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they, don't, they don't need more than they already have. Um, so from that, we're going to go ahead and grab our bottle, our bottle of ale. Well, Mary's not allowed to drink tonight, apparently. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink my bottle. And we are going to get into the roast that is All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Oh, my God. <laughs> Max, you have your notebook. Get the ready. I do. I have my notebook. <laughs> so we, we left off with issue five. We are going to get through six through ten this evening. And it is going to be a fun ride. So we start off issue six with... um. Like a the, fun ride. A fun ride, because literally Black Canary pulls up to the docks on a motorcycle, and like, and Batman going, damn, 
and it, it, it immediately cuts to Barbara Gordon running through her house, like like sneaking into her room, kissing uh, Jim Gordon on the on the on the cheek, and then putting on her Batgirl costume that she made herself, and jumps out of the window and goes to fight crime. <laughs> and from there, we jump into um, Jimmy Olsen, of all people. Going into apparently he's work he's a cub reporter for the Gotham Gazette, which makes no fucking sense. Um, because because that boy is supposed to be a photographer for the Daily Planet, and he runs in to deliver flowers from Bruce Wayne to Vicky Vale. And apparently he delivered a lot of fucking flowers to make up for the fact that he left her at the circus, and apparently for Alfred driving crazy. And I'm just like, what is going on as she just strips in front of Jimmy Olsen and he turns around to take a peek? <laughs> to reiterate, Vicky has no ass. <laughs> I just shake my head at Jim Lee. I do. But, I mean, how else are we supposed to know that Jimmy Olsen is a good person if he doesn't look at the lady changing, you know? that That's is how that, we... Is that what makes him a good person? Is that it? Yeah, that's how, but I mean, like, because in Frank Miller's mind, that's what makes men good people, is if they don't oogle the pretty lady changing. Like, oh, God. I, I, like I'm not even a man, and I'm offended. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, it's so damn stupid. And then immediately we cut to back on the docks, where you got Black Canaries about to squat up on some freaking dude. The Irish Black Canary. You have to oh. point out every four pages that she's Irish. Mm. <laughs> yeah, we do because literally, um, this is, the, this du- is the issue that melts my brain, James. <laughs> because one of the dudes calls her like, like says that she sounds like a goddamn leprechaun because of her being Irish. Oh my god! <laughs> T- tells her that it ain't safe in the neighborhood that she's to take her ass home. And she starts, like, being all flirtatious and shit until one of them calls her Love Chucks. And then she goes, what did you just call me? And smacks the shit out of him with a three-pronged nunchuck. And, and the dude's like, wait, what, what? And, like, like, tries to pull out a gun, and she just smacks the shit out of him. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And she, like, steals some money from him. And the cops show up and, and like, and she, she's and says, "Drop the sticks, chickpea. You're you're busted and dead." And I'm like, "Wait, hold up, hold up, what?" Gotham is edgy and cool. Oh my god. <laughs> and Lord like so unbearably corny. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes and I'm just getting angry all over again. Bleach fires. Like, apparently, this guy named Jocko Boy, or whatever the fuck, or some dude is, like, has maggots and worms all up in him as they're driving. Oh, yeah, because Jocko Boy's the one who killed uh, the Graysons. And, like, uh, the police officer's with the um, dude in the car, trying to take him somewhere safe, because he's a crooked cop, and they're trying to smuggle him out of town. And... Um, Batman, like, just straight judo kicks the, the the car window in and says, ha, eat glass, lawman. And I, I remember, I remember, remember the day that I read that line. I was at the Akron Library in, in uh, like, like, in the back of the, in the teen section looking at the trade of this book. 
And I was just laughing hysterically, and, and someone came over and told me to shut the fuck up. And I'm like, dog, read this. And I, I showed the librarian the book, and she was just like, that, that's not something Batman would say. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> that's why when I was rereading this before we started, I I, I yelled like, laughing to Travis. I, I remembered that whole moment. Eat glass law, man. Like, oh. it's it, 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 and like one of the dudes goes blag, and Bruce goes blag. What with blag, I'll give you something to uh, something to give you some talking to do, Jocko boy. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And he he hears the gunshots and goes to check on Black Canary, and Black Canary's beating up all these dudes because it wasn't the cops; it was just a bunch more thugs. I always forget that what the cops weren't there. And Batman gets there and goes, keep your head down, ma'am. Leave these clowns to me. And least he's a polite misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and she's like, oh, sweet Jesus, it's the goddamn Batman. <laughs> so, Mary, your thoughts before we move on to issue seven. Okay, I just want to say this is why we appreciate going back to Convergence here. This is why we appreciate Gail Simone because she wrote a line where she said, I'm the black goddamn canary. (laughs) But I'm sitting here looking at my notes, like just kind of thinking back on like poor past Mary because I tried to give this book a like a legit analysis and so let's run back through some of my favorite bits and pieces. Um, in the beginning, where, um, you know, Batman has this... Because, again, if you listen to the first episode, this book has a very bizarre emphasis on women. And, you know, it's not... I mean, obviously, with comics, you expect a certain emphasis on, you know, masculinity and women kind of a thing. But... Batman has a like has a bizarre fixation on like race uh, rapists pimps and you know that kind of sending home the point that you know the men of Gotham have failed because women are at risk and you know we talked about that last time and the line woman beating creep it just like it's it hits the ear weird for me so I'm just kind of like oh no Frank Miller this hopefully this is not you trying to be feminist um that's terrible honestly (laughs) and um a big chunk of the book is how ineffective the the, how ineffective the gcpd is and i think you know frank miller kind of tries to hit on that a bit more with gordon specifically because the text takes um specific you know deliberately points out that, um, you know, Gordon is talking on the phone to, quote, unquote, the woman of his dreams. And his wife is getting her, like, his wife Barbara is getting herself a drink and then going into the bedroom and texting somebody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's kind of pointing out that the cops are corrupt because they treat women poorly. And that Gordon specifically is ineffective because his daughter is running around as Batgirl and he doesn't know. And his wife is probably having some kind of some kind of an affair while Gordon himself is having something of an emotional affair. So cops are ineffective, not because of like systemic issues, but because of women. (laughs) Feminism question mark. And 
so then I actually wrote in my notes in all capital letters again with the women um and a really stupid thing I noticed was that in Barbara's room on her bookshelf um she has copies of Gen 13, 1001 Arabian Nights, Sin City, and 300. Barbara is an edgelord. A super I duper edgelord. I actually wrote in my notes that Barbara is an edgelord. See, I glossed over the whole Barbara and Jim like, like, like section because of the fact that it's such a non-moment. Like, because of the, the, um, the, the miniseries never finishing, we never see Barbara again. So it's like, who cares? It's like, why, why do I, like, like I, yeah. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, you have to, because, I mean, you're right, the scene is a complete non-moment. It doesn't make any sense other than to establish Batgirl for her to, spoiler alert, get arrested later. Like, but we have to juxtapose Gordon's ineffectiveness because of the women in his life to the fact that we've spent the last five issues seeing how Bruce is all like, ha ha, I'm gonna save you ladies, but you need to go not be here because I'm protecting women, but I'm a polite misogynist. Like, like I don't I don't know what's going through Frank Miller's mind. Honestly, I don't even know if Frank Miller knew what was going through Frank Miller's mind when he wrote this. I mean, and Vicky Vale has so many plants, she looks like poison fucking ivy. Especially with the red hair. Not wrong. Um do 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 I actually uh I said black canary is being all sexy and dangerous, but gross man calls her love chunks and she whoops his ass. That happened. Yeah, that, that, that actually happened. does happen. Literally she goes, What did you just call me? And she beats his ass. And I hate that, you know, when she's stealing the money, the text points out that it's to help her friend pay her rent. And I actually wrote Black Canary is going to help pay her friend's rent because girl power, question mark? Yeah. And it's just like, oh my god. I said, Batman is being a gentleman, I think, and calls her ma'am and offers to kick the dude, the, to beat the guys for her. But <laughs> given the next issue, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I just... This entire event is not even an event. A fucking book, like, mini is just a mess. And then we move on to issue two. Not issue two, fucking issue seven. This what is issue the seven? issue that ends me. <laughs> I know what happens, too. I may actually have to tweet a picture of what my notebook looks like. So, we start issue seven with Batman laughing maniacally, beating up thugs. And um, him saying, uh, "You don't know from uh, from screw. You, you don't know from screwed losers." And I'm like, "Okay, cool." And they all just keep firing. And he said, "Let me take you to school, suckers, in chemistry." Do you really think that Bruce fucking Wade is ever gonna call some people suckers? Like, really? Ask yourselves that, because I don't think so. Like, I just, I can't, I can't visualize a world where that exists. Y'all there? Yes. I'm just... 
I'm just here. I exist. <laughs> we move on from there, and uh, oh, he's, 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 he starts he starts saying, "This is hurt. This is the hurt that you need." So, and then so is this sweetheart, and so is this boy of mine. And it's like Black Canary starts like basically fucking Batman with her eyes. And then get, it gets worse. It gets and worse. She, her voiceover says, and God help me, here I am, thunderstruck in love with the man, the goddamn Batman. Can't stand Bruce it. Can't knocks stand out the last right thug. She goes, "Has anybody to- ever told you, my-, my good man, that you're totally hot?" And he goes, "Not for the last few days, no." And then she says, "Consider yourself told." And then it goes, "Her tongue a little bit sandy. She's a smoker. Cigars. Cuban. Oh. Cuban. <laughs> I haven't kissed a smoker in weeks. Not since Selena." We keep oh. our masks on. It's better that way. As 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 Jim Lee cleanly shadows the lower parts of their body as they fuck in their costumes in the rain. I actually wrote disgusting. I actually wrote in very large letters, like very large, angry, like the these are the writings of a mad woman. Like <laughs> going back and looking at it two weeks later, these are the writings of a mad woman. And I wrote, they fuck while dudes burn to death, but masks on because hot. Like that way, don't you know? Yeah. Like this, this, like I, I really wonder. Like of all, first of all, Black and Area Batman fucking just sounds wrong. Second of all, what? Third of all, why? Fourth of all, Frank, are you okay? That's all I can think about reading this again for like the third time in my life. And like after they beg, he says the most stereotypical guy line: "Need a ride home." After, after he tells her that she talks too much, and he's like, "You talk too much, but hey, do do you want to ride while I'm here because feminism?" He he tells her she talks too much in the car. Like, but at least he's a polite misogynist. I mean, come on now. Okay. I still think that war- Batman hasn't washed at all. He's been wearing that rubber suit the whole damn time. Oh no, I didn't think about that. <laughs> he says not one word. I've taken enough grief from about my car being co- the my car my goddamn car being called the goddamn Batmobile. I'm the goddamn Batman, and I can call my goddamn car whatever the hell I want. And then she goes, that's fair enough, I suppose. I'm surprised she didn't give him a, lo- a blowjob in the car. Like, I'm actually surprised that that was not written in this book. And she even goes, whatever you say, man, uh, man of mine, that's just a totally queer name for a car is all. And I'm just like, oh, honey, stop, please. <laughs> And then there's the whole thing with the axe. Like, I'm gonna let this child potentially bad somebody. So, after Bruce gives Black Canary a ride home, we find out that Bruce, uh, like, Bruce left his armory open and, and Dick got himself an axe. And he chopped open a rat and was eating a rat, which was so much fun. We're eating, we're eating rats in a cave. And then Bruce shows up with the per- the dude, the hitman who killed uh, Dick's parents, and goes, "Look, his fate's in your hands. You're either gonna be an Avenger or a detective." 
And and Dick just like hauls the fucking. Uh, he even goes like, "Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Give me his name." And then like like, like he's the fucking executioner. And he's like, "Does he have any family?" It's like one of those fucking things. And, and Dick brings down the fucking axe right on the dude's mouth, cutting the duct tape open. And he just starts beating the shit out of him to get the information that he wants. And I'm just like, why? I mean, and it's just like, why not just, like, just, you just fucked with dudes burning. Just kill him. Like, you shouldn't <laughs> kill, that. you shouldn't kill unless some blonde lady wants to bang you on a really gross pier with, like, body fluids, you know, blood and spit and shit hanging around. Because I said, uh, Bruce grabs the guy who murdered the Graysons and Dick spares him, but violence, like... And I actually wrote in big letters, why not just kill him? Like, there is no, nothing is sacrosanct in this book. Yep. And it's just, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, and, but, and it. And I, I actually wrote that this issue is repetitive because it's, you know, pretty lady, bad man, and punching. Like. I get that some people, like, that's what they're into with a comic, but if you want to, you know, pepper in a narrative in there, that would be helpful. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's right then where Batman, like, tells like tells him that, hey, you made the right choice, now I'll start training you as my sidekick, and I'm just like, please don't. Please just take the kid somewhere else. Please, God. And then we have, oh, God, sorry, I just flipped my notes, and it's the next issue that is completely... My my point, like I have three points for that, four points for that issue, and one of them just says it's unnecessary. But we have to have swastika boobs. God. So we we start issue eight with the cover being um Joker with a dragon back tattoo. Because edgy. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. I just had to say that. Dog, that whole first scene is garbage. <laughs> so. We start the comic book with Joker having a weird monologue about how Gotham City sucks. He just got done banging banging a hooker. He's and, a lawyer. Oh, it was a lawyer? I thought it was hooker shit. I barely remember this whole damn book. So she was a lawyer. He ended up banging a lawyer as the Joker. He purposely tracked her down to, uh, like, like, to get rid of her. And then, as he walks out of the room after doing what he does, and he puts on his suit, he, and and uh, his henchman is a topless except for swastika breast pasties, and a and a buzz cut. But a bitch is wearing evening gloves because she's a lady. Yeah. Oh, and and she says yes right away, boss. And I'm like. And you never see this girl again. You never see this girl again. And it's just like, who are you? I, I've done so many searches over the years trying to figure out who that woman is. And I've never figured it out. Like, is the, she Hammer? Is she Sickle? Like, who? The only thing I can think of is that she's a topless gender-flipped Captain Nazi. It's Stormfront. But... God. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Shit! After the past two episodes, I I wouldn't put it past them. Mm. But we'll get to the boys once the season ends. I don't think we should cover up every week because that would just be a mess. Um, 
But in terms of where we go from there, we 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 go back to Batman basically telling uh, uh Dick that hey, I'm gonna go take this bitch to the police. You need to work on your secret identity if you're gonna be my sidekick. And it it, it the entire thing is just so weird because they're he, like, <laughs> go ahead. Like and then he just chucks the dude in the damn water. Yep. Like. <laughs> And as he's on the way to take uh dude to the like, to the lake the lake where he's gonna throw him in, he sees like g- the Green Lantern put a bat signal in the sky, and, I, and he's like, D- "Jesus, what are you doing?" And he chucks the dude who killed Dick's parents in the water. His 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 ears are full of worms, and his mouth is full of maggots. Throws him into the water and says, "Hey, that'll clean you up." And he's like, "Joke is gonna rip you a new one." And he's like, "Why is my mouth still full of maggots?" <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves them there in the lake. <laughs> and then he says, like, I love my job. And, like, you know, you can take... I'm going to be super generous here. You can take the entire framework of this book, everything in here, and you could still try, maybe try, to hammer out a narrative of, is Batman losing it because he enjoys the violet? Like, just, you could try, Frank, Frankie boy, Frankie boy (laughs) you could have tried because a lot of writers will do the whole you know oh is Batman losing it does he like the violence is this a burden or does he have fun like I could take every element just this entire book and with maybe like five lines of dialogue you know try to reshape it somehow I don't Uh. know and, and then we have beta male Hal Jordan coming up. Oof. So, oh my God. B- b- before we get to beta male Hal Jordan, we have um, Dick Grayson being inspired by the, his- by the by the stories of Robin Hood. So he tries to model himself after Robin Hood and calls himself the Hood. But before we get to that scene, we we have to deal with Hal Jordan eat- eating a hot dog on the top of Gotham City, and there's this really creepy ass scene where um, Batman knows his name. He's like, what do you want? I just want to talk. What do you want? I just want to talk. And then he goes, fine, be here at this time, at this specific place, or I will literally never talk to you again. And then he leaves him alone. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> and, and then out of nowhere, Joker pays Catwoman a visit. And it's like, oh, oh no, oh no. And then from there, we had the reveal of like Dick Grayson going, call me Hood. It's like, no. You're inspired by Robin. Call Robin Hood. Call yourself Robin, and he walks out of the room. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like I could just because I'm looking at the scene when uh, Batman and Green Lantern talking, and part of me is sitting here wondering, like, is Frank Miller trying to emasculate Hal Jordan because Hal Jordan's eating a hot dog, which just so happens to be phallic? Like, is he trying to emasculate Hal because, haha, that food is shaped like a wiener? Like, I don't know. I, I, I never thought Hal of it like that, to be honest. But I wouldn't put it past him to do it, you know? That was. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. That Batman is so manly because he's not eating he's not eating a hot dog. But beta male simp Hal Jordan is. Because he hung he hung up Wonder Woman's coat. Like <laughs> I mean, I hate Hal Jordan anyway, but that, so I I think he's a bitch and beta male, so that's, that's, that's Wonder I, Woman's coat. I, 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 
I'm using air quotes with beta male because I think that whole alpha beta thing is so fucking so stupid. So fucking stupid. But I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if this is what Miller was trying to do. Boys, this is the issue that broke me. <laughs> so, issue nine comes along. And bad. back in the day, kids, if you don't recall this being a thing... But back in the day, Green Lantern used to have one weakness, and it was the color yellow. The Green Lantern power ring couldn't work on anything that wasn't yellow. So what do Batman and Robin do? They paint themselves and an entire room yellow. And the drinks they have in the room is lemonade. That way, literally how Jordan can't use his powers on them. And when they when Hal comes to the room, he's literally just like, first of all, what the fuck? Second of all, why are you so fucking violent to people? And third of all, why did you kidnap a child? <laughs> I, 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 honestly, I don't blame Hal whatsoever, but I hate Hal Jordan, so I, I can't really get... And some of the dialogue in here is priceless, because you got Dick Grayson calling Hal Jordan a rube. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the worst of the Dick Tracy era insult. My mental state had declined so much I can't actually read my note. Like some, because some of these words are just like angry scribbles. He's like, "What a rude!" Excuse me, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I, I get you, uh, Hal. He's a rube. Come on, uh, you're trying to tell me that boy isn't Dick Grayson. But that's exactly what I'm telling you. This is not Dick Grayson. What's the planet? Uh, uh what planet are you on, Hal? I don't know what game you're playing at here, mister, but you kidnapped Dick Grayson. It's all over the papers. He's like, I rescued Dick Grayson from a pack of corrupt cops. I admitted him to the trauma clinic. That's the uh, They kept his secret identity a secret to avoid uh, undue attention. Figured the boy had, had been through enough, Rube. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? And then, like, apparently, freaking... Um, Bruce had, uh, Dick, like, put a freaking uh, statement out saying, yeah, the cops tried to kill me, but Bruce Wayne's taking care of me now. And I'm like, ugh. Ugh. God, help us all. And then the throat punching. So, they, uh, <laughs> Hal starts being a bitch and uh, tries to square off against them because uh, Bruce took his power ring. So Dick slides through, flips Hal on his ass, and then when Hal tries to fight back, Dick just straight throat karate chops him to the point that he's literally gonna die from by like from not being able to breathe. So Bruce just chucks Dick against the fucking wall and says, "Little snot." He cracks open something to help um uh, Hal breathe and calls an ambulance. And... No, 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 he gave him a tracheotomy. Yeah, he gave him a tracheotomy. He gave him a tracheotomy where he cut, because you cut open a few inches of the throat and you stick a tube in there. And so he's just breathing through the tube. And he's not mad that, like, oh, no, you shouldn't kill people. It was, I don't want to have to deal with a corpse. And I thought that it was, it's kind of interesting that Batman, when he's, the one time in this book he's actually saving a life, he takes the cowl off 
and that gives us a truly funny visual of like where the yellow paint stops <laughs> on his face but like you know the one time where he's actually saving a life you know he's like well better take my mask off to show everybody that i'm still human and i actually wrote did someone forget to give their main character emotional depth like and then like the the, the attempt that emotional depth continues because there's this whole scene where Bruce and Dick walk out of there in the rain, so the, the the yellow paint's coming off of them, and they drive to the cemetery. Bruce tells them to go say goodbye to your parents, and they have this uh, this what? emotional scene. This is the one salvageable scene from this entire dumpster fire of a book. This is yes. this is legitimately a very sweet, very genuine moment. This is the only salvageable scene in this entire fucking book. Because it is. And, you know, Jim Lee, it, it's done beautifully. Because, you know, it, they're holding each other and they're mourning for their families that they lost. And this is the only time we get any kind of depth or development or just genuine humanity out of anyone in this book. Just, just one page. Like, one, two pages. At most. And then we're going to get back to, like, throat-punching people who are on fire while having sex with Black Canary. Like... The, the final issue where apparently uh, Joker literally beat the ever-living shit out of um, Catwoman. It was like he literally just beat, like all she said was to get this to Batman like because Joker had a note for, uh, for, her, for him. And they get there, they find Catwoman just literally beaten within an inch of her life. Also, issue 10 means a lot to me because some of these shots that Jim Lee does of Bruce and Dick are just so fucking gorgeous, but it's still just a god-awful book. See, in a, on this exact page, like, I got it pulled up right here, like, back to what Mary was said about the, the women in danger. <laughs> like, it says she's soft and light and perfect. I always forgot how small she is. Selena, stay alive for me. <laughs> And this is the time in the book where we know Batman has fucked up is because his woman got hurt. <laughs> exactly. He's all like, no. Because that's, you know, that's clearly the emotional pain point of this book is, you know, dare I say it, you know, silly things like toxic masculinity that men are only worth the women in their lives kind of a thing. Like, again, I'm not a man, but even I'm offended. Batgirl kicking ass and calling herself the fucking Batgirl and her <laughs> and she censored like she's the only person that censored in the whole fucking book like she says that she calls them shitheads and, and shit is censored and like fucking Batgirl is censored and it's such a short little scene and I'm like I I love it just because it's like so absurd and we we like never see Barbara again for the rest of the issue. Because I wrote, and, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, Batgirl and Black Canary fuck shit up because the men have failed because all of the women have been hurt and or dead. So you know, men have failed, and that Gordon is a complete fuck up. So, like, you know, the men have fucked up so much that the women have to protect themselves. Remember that that's something I touched on in the first part. And, you know, Jim is unfaithful, so his, uh, yeah, uh, Jim is an unfaithful, you know, unattentive 
you know, husband and father, therefore he is ineffective as, as a cop, and therefore he ends up doing stupid shit, because uh, his wife, it's his wife in the hospital at the end of the issue, isn't it? It's his wife. Yeah, it's his wife. And She's this like, is... Bruise. This is kind of where I tried to summarize up, you know, my my uh, classic Greek tragedy narrative that, you know, especially with like Heracles, because pride was his ultimate downfall because, you know, Hera's all like, men are stupid, so you're going to kill your wife and kids. And I don't know. I, tr- I don't know why I tried. I think this was the whiskey that's like, you know what, Mary, maybe give it a chance. <laughs> I just this issue and then like it like the issue the midpoint is like Barbara getting arrested for beating up the like the people and like she even rides a skateboard while she's beating them up but then the cops end up getting her and go on your feet honey come on now you can do it and like she like she ends up getting arrested with the rest of the thugs and at the end of the issue while her like her like his wife's in the hospital they end up going hey your your, your daughter was arrested for trying to be Batgirl. I mean, things don't really go well for Barbara Carey Kelly Gordon in this book. Am I wrong, though? Oh, that... Travis, how are you feeling about issue 10? I'm just seeing more of Mary's confirmation of, like, the men failing the women, and so the, the whole thing, the whole system is crumbling. Because, like, right now I'm looking at the whole, like, Jim Gordon, like, I'm a terrible father to my daughter. Look what she's doing. Ah! It's, it's very irritating to see. <laughs> Literally, the issue ends with like, him blaming himself and that he was a horrible husband and a father. And then the book just ends. Like, as we talked about in the first, epi- the first episode, um, there were supposed to be two more issues of this book, and we never got it. Like, to this day, All-Star Batman Robin the Boy Wonder has never been finished. Jim Lee and Frank Miller never got to finish it, and we don't know how it ends. We don't know what the fuck the Joker was up to, and it's just, and we we don't get to see Dick finally come to grips with himself. It just ends, and it's this horrible book with some damn good art, some flat asses, and a lot of stupid shit. And I, I I'm grateful that Mary recommended us to review to review this book. I want to so... be mad, but I did this to myself. <laughs> I'm mad at you. <laughs> you have I'm grateful. Batman fandom. <laughs> like, Travis had never read this book before we made a reading. He was just appalled reading this book. This is disgusting, honestly. This is the worst Batman book I've ever read. Wait, and... wait, wait, wait till you read the Batman Strikes again. <laughs> See, you guys keep trying to top Eternal, and I don't like it. <laughs> Wait till you read the master race. <laughs> oh, that sounds oh. trash. I mean, it, it's more—it's it's more Frank Miller. It's the—it's the third part to the Dark Knight Returns, apparently trilogy, mm-hmm. um, and it is just as uh, as stupid as you think it would be. It was better than Strikes Again, which was the sequel. I will say that. Master Race is better than Dark Knight Strikes Again. But it's not by much. I mean, you know, because, oh god, at least Superman and Wonder Woman don't have sex so rampant that they cause natural disasters. That was in two. That was in two. I know. That's the only thing that the third part had going for it. 
and then and then the th- and then the third part was Superman and Wonder Woman's daughter aligns herself with the people who were trapped in the bottle city of Kandor. The people from the bottle city of Kandor break out and become Nazis, and and and, and then um Bruce ends up almost dying, so Superman puts him in a Lazarus pit, and then he becomes young again and try and basically starts dating Carrie Kelly. Oh, oh. <laughs> But 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 it has a political narrative. Yes, so it does. So it's smart, and the artwork is great because it's Frank Miller, and he has somehow gotten shittier over the years. But to be fair, Master Race wasn't just him. They had him co- only co-writing it, so that's why Master Race is comprehensive. You can at least understand what's going on. I stand by the fact that his art has gotten shitty over the years. Yeah. Like, was there it, really, like, it was rough. <laughs> oh my god. Mary, your did notes. Anyone, did anyone bring up, and I, I mean, this kind of sticks out to me really bad, is that, like, Frank Miller decided that the, the right girl for Batman at this very moment was a sandy-tongued smoker. Moreover, that uh, a woman who, like, whoops ass is automatically smoking cigars. And writing Harley but, Davidson. But Travis, <laughs> Travis, she's not like the other girls. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> she's not like the other girls. I don't fucking oh god, it's so terrible. Like keep keep the mask on. Like oh, Travis, god. she's love chunks. God. <laughs> I feel like Frank Miller imagines Black Canary as uh you guys remember Gina from the forty year old virgin? Oh, yes. God. Yes. <laughs> Let's see. Here's here's a here's a funny anecdote here. Um uh The Dark Knight the Master Race came out while I was still working at the comic book store. And in the where in the shipping warehouse we dealt a lot with, you know, very expensive covers. I have actually held nineteen thousand dollars worth of variants. Because um, I th- I want to say it was for um, the Dark Knight Master Race number one. I think there was a thousand dollar variant, and I held nineteen of them. So I've actually held you know pretty much, you know almost an entire college education from a state school in my hands in comic books. But this was the cover that stuck out to all of us. This is the cover that stuck out to all of us. I'm gonna send it to you boys right now. I would literally get sent that cover. I was gonna send him it after the show. It's Superman and Wonder Woman's baby boy, and Wonder Woman goes into exile because she thinks the Amazons are gonna kill the boy, and it's so bad. But look at the, where is her other leg? Like that is, is the pose. That is Frank. <laughs> that is Frank Miller's artwork. Why does the baby look like fucking Dan DeVito mixed with Fat Joe? <laughs> Oh God! Honestly, there's a lot going on in this. Like the the idea that that tiara is covering her whole nose really makes her look like she's from the Oblongs, and I'm not comfortable with this. <laughs> and the worst part is, Travis, that cover was a thousand dollars. No, no, Bro. this was this was not the thousand dollar cover. Oh, oh, okay. I, I thought that was the thousand dollar cover. I'm really scared. No, that was just me going off. Um. 
I what was the phone going here? I don't. Oh my god, it's Miller and Azzarello. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was Azzarello. Azzarello was the co-writer. Azzarello was the co-writer. Oh, oh um, god, there should be no women in this book. <laughs> There's a lot of women in this book. There's a lot of women in this book. No. <laughs> There's a mother-daughter relationship in this book. Yeah, because it's oh, Wonder Woman's it's Wonder Woman's parents from his daughter. And no. I don't and I don't remember if the thousand dollar variant was for the master race. I think it was, but don't quote me. But oh my god. But uh, guess who Frank Miller is the co-creator of? Who? Just guess. Someone I love and adore. That woman? No. Think oh. think Marvel. Marvel. So a new mutant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Karma? Karma. Oh no. Uh-huh. He did the artwork for that issue. And so I want you to look at that cover. And then this is the artwork that he did in Marvel Team Up number one hundred. Oh no. No, no, no. Look at it. It has gotten oh. it has gotten progressively shittier. It was already kind of shitty. Well, I mean, it was already kind of shitty, but it is so much worse. Yeah, like, I don't know what's going on with this Wonder Woman. Because I... the hilarious thing is that I found a Marvel Team Up 100 at a comic book convention a few years ago. And well, I, yeah, it was ICC. And I was going through and, you know, because it's one of those, you know, um, tables that had like thousands of boxes everywhere. And I was going through and the guy's like, hey, are you looking for anything? And I'm like, yeah, um, I'm trying to find some, you know, back issues that I've been looking for. I said, do you have Marvel team up number 100? And he's like, yeah, actually, I think I do. And so we go over and he pulls the book out and I got, I was visibly very excited. And he's like, yeah, a lot of people really love this early Frank Miller artwork. And I just kind of stopped and looked at him and I went, no, I just really like karma. And he went, oh, and I just went, oh, "Oh." and we just kind of stared at each other in awkwardness. And he's like here you go shit so it's just kind of like no no I'm not buying it because of Frank Miller I can't find the thousand dollar cover and I'm kind of sad I yeah, actually I, wouldn't find it out I, I, just because it's a thousand dollar retail variant doesn't mean that that's what it would have gone for in the market I don't, I don't even remember if it was Master Race or not Okay. I remember um, I remember the six hundred dollar Venom cover. Um well Mary, do you have any closing thoughts on um on All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder? Because I've already said what I needed to say on that. This book broke me. Like, <laughs> I wanna be angry, but I did this to myself, but I enjoy that we kind of laugh at Frank Miller and I want to go back in time about two weeks and just like look at myself and go bitch don't even try put the notebook down don't even try like See, I'm less inclined to ever try out Frank Miller's Batman ever ever again ever uh, in my whole life ever in my you, whole life don't you worry Travis because um I, I already planned this out because for panel to panel issue number 80 we will cover Dark Knight 3, The Master Race. Gross. Why are you doing that? I, I, I figure, like, 40 episodes, 80 episodes, it'll be a nice little transition. Like, if we, if we can get past 40 more ish, uh, episodes of the show, we'll cover Master Race. How about that? 
my introduction to Frank Miller was from the movie adaptations of his comics, and then I like started looking at his comics, and I was like, you know, I think I'm just gonna go put these over here. And I really <laughs> remember why. I honestly remember why now, because this is bad. Now you get to read Master Race and cry your soul away. I mean, I'm looking at this cover of Master Race, and it looks like Wonder Woman's body should be on the other side of her fucking head. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, honey, the interiors are worse. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, don't, don't forget that you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, YouTube, all those great places. You can follow us on Twitter at PTP underscore podcast. Uh, where you will see our amazing social media assistant Ian doing all that amazing retweeting and highlighting all the indie comics and talking about like new news that comes out every few weeks and uh, also our brand new episodes that come out. You can follow uh, the the website on Twitter and Instagram at On Comics Ground and check out the website on ComicsGround.com. Put some hyphens between those words for me where you can check out all of our news, previews, solicitations, all that good stuff right there on the website. Travis, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? Why, why, oh why, it's going to be completely unrelated. Why is it that Mitch McConnell is never the politician that dies? <sighs> Tell me about it. That, that was really unrelated, but I'm, I'll, I'll allow it. Um, uh, Mary, what is your closing statement for this episode of Panel to Panel? <sighs> I miss Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Rest in peace. Um, my closing statement, as always, is um, Frank, what happened? Um, <laughs> support, Why, your Frank? Lo- <laughs> support your local comic book shop. Um, wear a damn mask. Uh, take care of the people you care about because we don't know when, when the apocalypse is coming. And we will catch you folks next time right here at Panel 2 Panel. Peace out. Peace out.